0: Welcome everyone to a special edition of Drunk Agile. Uh, with us, as always, is the star of the show in the background there, Nisha. You have your eyes open. Thank you for that. Oh, yeah. um, and you know, and her her minion um, is. And uh, we, you know, we're 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 uh, really excited about this episode because Pritik and I were talking and we're like, you know, we need we need to get you know, one of the giants of agile, you know, somebody who, who's thinking on this stuff, people will listen to, and, and they will actually come and watch our, our episode for. Uh, well, that guy wasn't available. So we got Carl Scotland instead. So, yeah, so, Carl, so,
1: so you asked me if I could recommend anyone. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so, Carl, Carl, thanks so much for joining us. Hey,
1: uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. I'm looking forward to this. I was gonna say thanks for lowering your standards. And uh, <laughs> so it's, um, it's guests, Privilege here. What uh, can you introduce us to? What you're drinking tonight?
1: Uh, I am drinking, so I have a bottle of uh, Tamna Vulin. Uh, so it's a side single malt, double cask, uh, matured in American oak, but uh, we'll forgive that uh, with sherry <laughs> cask finish. Uh, what do you, you, you like to talk about? Percentage, don't you? 40%. Forty percent. Huh?
0: Forty Distillers no, edition. Uh, That's okay. Uh, cheers. Okay, so, pratique you? Oh, I have.
2: A contortion that Dan you just brought over for me, cast strength fifty eight percent bourbon casks. so
0: B- bugs yeah. included
2: bugs included just like Dan's code <laughs>
0: uh, and I have a, a Blair Athol uh, it's an eleven year old this was a, a, another one that I filled straight from the cask fifty five point eight percent so a little low mm-hmm. even though it's young um, it's only eleven year but this is a uh, this is a wine finish I think. But it doesn't really say here, but I'm pretty sure based on the color that it's a uh, it's a wine finish. So, cheers, Carl. Thanks cheers, for joining cheers. us.
1: Cheers, right, great. I, I should say I was I was thinking of uh, making myself a Negroni in honor of uh, Dan looking like Stanley Tucci and his <laughs> Negroni and the Italian influence, but I ran out of Campari at the
0: weekend, so. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, bro- I broke the internet when I when I shared that uh, shared that video of me making yeah. A Negroni. Yeah. Um. Carl, what are we talking about? What are you um, what are we talking about? You get, you so, get to, yeah, but, so so
1: we had a bit of back and forth on Twitter. So I kind of want to start there. Which is, I think I posted something along the lines of um, if throughput is a measure of uh, productivity and uh, lead time, deliberately said lead time is a measure of uh, responsiveness. You know, what what would you describe? What would you use for a measure of predictability? Um, yeah, and you kind of came up, came back at me at that one. So uh, I want to I want to follow that one up.
0: I don't think do you want to go first before I give them both barrels or. No, no, no,
2: let's go. Let's go. Nisha Nisha's already hiding. She's like, oh,
1: like I'm, I don't want anything to do with
2: this.
0: So no, fundamentally, I mean, the thing is, uh, so number one is Twitter, right? So it's, you know, how, how do you have an argument when 20, 20 208, is it 280 characters now, 280 characters or less? Uh, I yeah, I
2: think so.
0: I don't know. how. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. As, as, um, as,
2: as evidenced by the internet, you can have a very effective argument. Yeah.
0: So. I'm I'll, I'll always right. Um. My, so my, my my problem my problem isn't with um, the characterization my problem is that both of those things are too narrowly defined saying that lead time is a measure of responsiveness like I said I think that's that's too narrowly defined saying that that throughput is a measure of um, productivity I think that's again that's that's too narrowly defined can those be used for those for those circumstances probably yeah but I mean okay, yeah. um, they, they, that that. that that wouldn't be the first place that I would go. And I think that was my response. I, that's not the first thing I would think about with those things, can they be? But I wouldn't go into somebody and say, and I don't know if you were saying this, I'm just gonna put words in your mouth so we can we can maybe have some banter here. Um, I would never say somebody that lead times only a measure of responsiveness. You see what I'm saying? Uh, so
1: so yeah, so so let me kind of set a bit of context then. So, yeah. so I'm kind of thinking about when I go into organizations and um, they wanna know well, the classic question that got asked was, "So, is like, how do we know whether this agile stuff working?" Like, well, you know, well, we could measure like how how long your stand ups are, and you know, whether you, whether who turns up, you know, how long your spin retrospects are. So, for me, it's about things like, are we? Is the organisation becoming more productive? So, we're you know, talking to to execs and leaders and stuff. That's the sort of language they understand. And then, how might we measure productivity? Well, productivity usually for them, productivity is is the number of you know the amount of code we're releasing now how do you you know how do you define that but the amount of work that is getting delivered by um by our teams and that's kind of what throughput is Throughput, i think throughput's pretty close yeah it is it's, it's more than that but in terms of saying are our teams delivering more value to the market to our customers I think throughput's a pretty good measure, and then similarly, the responsiveness one is just like, how quickly can we deliver? When when we say we're going to do something, how quickly can we do that? How responsive we can we be to the market? Then lead time gives you that. Yeah, there's there's probably other ways of doing it, and and actually some of that the the value I think is the conversation around well what is throughput and what are we measuring? But um, I kind of find flow metrics give us some pretty good ways of and and because it's so easy to, to measure that you can you can get some quick wins really really soon. Yeah. Pritik, your turn.
2: Well I was I was actually more interested in the second part of the question than than the first, which I think Dan's kind of covered already here. And both of you have that, that throughput and cycle time should be more broadly defined and there's certain ways to look at it. But what as a measure of predictability was was the part that I was yeah, yeah that's
1: the interesting <laughs> bit I think
0: yeah
2: because
1: okay. no. your your argument I think was you either predictive or you're not this,
0: this is my this is my current thinking my current hypothesis I you know I don't I don't know what more predictable means but we, we can talk we can talk about yeah that. so so oh.
1: I have had some because it kind of got me thinking about it because because on the one hand I get that you look at um you know show and all that and and the all, all the maths behind it and yeah you're you're either stable and predictable or you're not but i think if you if you went to an exec and so one again i had those conversations if i say would you like to be more predictable that's meaningful to them and i think and i think it is a meaningful thing to be able to say and what i mean by that is um you get more stuff when you expect to get it mm-hmm. So, so, so you, there's two ways of looking at it. I think one is you could you, let's let's take single item. You look at your 80th percentile and you kind of go, well, that's what you're going to get. That's that's, and you are therefore predictable because that's what the, the, the data is telling you. But I think there's something to do with the the variability within that data set that that looks at how predictable you are. Because you know the, the the simple example I use if I if I'm delivering some stuff in a one day, and I'm my 80th percentile is a hundred days. And I say, oh, we're predictable. You'll get it within a hundred days, and, and suddenly they get it in a day. You can't plan around that. Whereas if you've got between, you know, one and ten days, that's mm-hmm. some of this, that feels more predictable to me. So, so what what is that? This is kind of why my my, my math starts letting me down. What what do you call that? How do you calculate that variability to, to kind of put some sort of number on it that you could show that you are reducing variability to the point where you're now
0: more predictable? Yeah, and this is where the um... So I'm really glad you brought this up because I think pretty and I've talked about this, I think we're gonna probably do a whole series of, of Drunk Agile on kind of exactly what you're talking about there, Carl. I'm, I'm especially excited because you you brought up Schuert because um, my answer would be coming at it from a, a Schuert perspective. And um, Schu- Schuert had this idea of there's, there's the voice of the process, which is the data, um, and then there's the voice of the customer which is you know exec- an executive like you're saying an executive saying hey i want this i want this i want this the problem is generally speaking the voice of the customer is arbitrary for lack of a better word it's it's fairly you know arbitrary there are, there are certain situations where maybe there are regulatory requirements that need to be done or maybe you have a contract signed you need to get but by and large in product development the voice of the customer is arbitrary whereas the voice of the customer you know short would say you can look at a set of the of data Coming off of your process, and you can tell whether that process is predictable or not. And the way that Short defined it was, you know, is it within certain limits, right? Of, yeah. you know, of, right? And we don't have to get into, you know, control charts and calculating those limits. Maybe. I don't know if we have to get into that or not. Um, and so for, if, if an executive came to me and said, you know, how do I get more predictable? The first thing that I would do, uh, and I assume this is what Short would do, is look at their data and say, hey, is there any signal in this data? Um, because if there is signal in this data, the way that you get more predictable is you eliminate that signal right the stuff that is quote unquote, you know, out of control. If there is no signal in this data, then by definition that process is predictable, you know, and if you if you want to improve it, your only option is to make a substantial change to the process itself that's that's really your only, your only option if, if you want to quote unquote improve it. Now. When you, sorry, we were gonna say something, go ahead. go
1: ahead. Oh, well, no, I was, I was kind of thinking, so So, voice customer, voice data, kind of, I think that's, that's a really useful distinction. And I think maybe when we're talking about, are we becoming more predictable? We're saying more predictable from the customer's perspective rather than from the, the data's yes, perspective. Yes, yes. So, so And that's my, I guess that's my, so so, just having that distinction, I think it's useful. Cause yeah, I agree. You look at the data, the data says, you are this predictable. Right. I still think it's meaningful from the customer to be able to understand uh, you know, how, how useful that predictability is.
0: Yes. Yeah. we so, di- yeah. Where dissonance comes in is when those two things are out of whack, right? When the customer has this expectation, but the data, what we're saying is your, your system is only capable of this. I know you want it. Like you said, I know you want it in 10 days. I know, I know that's what you want, but our system is only capable of a hundred days. That's just what so we're when, capable of.
1: When I say more predictable, I don't mean getting stuff when you want it. I mean, things like, so, so this this. I guess predictability has there's two sides to it. One is I get stuff late, and typically that's where lack of predictability shows up because we think it's going to take ten days, and it takes us a hundred days. But the flip side of that is we're now expecting it to take a hundred days, and it takes ten days. So that to me that's still not predictable because I can't plan around that. It's Like do, do I do I plan my marketing campaign for a hundred days time, and suddenly now I've got I could have I could have planned that marketing campaign ten days earlier. And to me, that's where that reducing the variability and it's almost kind of like, so, so one idea is like, could you look at the gap between the 50th percentile and the 80th percentile? And if that gap is
0: smaller, then you're more predictable in, in air quotes. Go ahead, Pratik, because Pratik and I spent a lot of time on this. Go ahead.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll start with the I'll start with with doubling down on the on the signal versus noise thing. I think when and even Carl, when you say reducing the reducing the variability, you're, what what are really saying in classical terms is how do we get the signal out of here? How do we bring that eighty fifth down or eightieth down so that the signal as we remove the signal that comes down. Mm-hmm. Um, the second part of it, because we go all the way back when we were initially talking about it, was one of the things, Carl, that you said was I can look at my data, and Dan, you just said it too, and say, this is how long it will take me to get something done. But as soon as we say that, there are so many assumptions built into it to say we're actually operating something that's stable enough that we can trust that prediction. That's that, that first part is stable stakes. If we are operating system where those cycle times keep growing over time, you cannot mm-hmm. use your data to 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 uh, to to predict how long it will take us to get something done. So table stakes to this is running a stable system where those cycle times are not changing much. Second part of it is getting rid of signal.
0: Uh, yeah. So if uh, if, I, if, I could, if I can if I can can I jump in, Kirk? I I thought you made it. God, I hate to say this because you made a good point there right when the when the customer comes back and says hey if your cycle time is somewhere between one and a hundred I can't I can't plan for that right um and, and you know that that is pain that the customer is feeling um and that's absolutely true I mean that's that's true they, they they can't but again that to me that's more voice of the customer rather than voice of the process and if your process is telling you it's between one and a hundred um you know you, it's obviously as we all know it'd be very very dangerous to try and plan on on 10 days if if the process is yeah. 100 days if the customer really wants 10 days now we got to talk about like I was saying before now we got to talk about what are fundamental changes to the process that we need to make to be able to get it in that 10 day range which is what our customer is expecting maybe we get there maybe we don't and my point is does that mean we've become more predictable i I have a hard time saying that we've become more predictable because we've fundamentally changed, you know, how, how we do stuff. Do you, do you see what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. yeah and, and maybe we're just, uh, maybe we're going to get into sem- semantics about the word predictable and and yeah. we find a different word, but I look yeah. at things like, so, so right. So when we're talking about right-sizing features, right? The, the reason we write size features to, and, and we recommend making features smaller. I think that's partly around reducing that variability of the size of work. Mm -hmm. because that to me that improves predictability we we know we're never going to get it so that every work item is exactly the same so you're never going to get to that point where you say every single work item we finish takes five days to me that's that's 100% predictable because because every work takes exactly five days Uh, from from my definition of predictability what I mean by predictable and um versus that kind of one to 100 days so yeah you never so two things one you're never going to get that so so it's always degrees and i would never set a target to me it's 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 are we moving in the right direction so in the same way we want to say we would like to say our throughput increasing that's but we're not going to set a target we would like to see our lead time getting shorter but we're not going to set a target we would like that variability to come down as well um, and that variability is to me, that's, that's just at the moment, I haven't found a better word than to me. That's what I mean by, or in terms of the language I'm t- talking to customers understand is, is predictability.
0: Yeah. And see, see to me now, now what, what you just said there is much more in line based on my understanding, based on my interpretation, much more in line of with how Deming talks about stuff is he's like, cause he's like, yeah, you don't set an, you don't set a target. You don't look mm-hmm. at outcomes. What you do is you focus on the process that produced the outcome and you focus on continually improving the process that produced that outcome yeah and that that was that was kind of how he, his approach and so he never yeah, really yeah. talked about pre- more predictable or less predictable he just talked about continual improvement that's all he really talked about
1: right and, and when you Actually, look at aging whip as a metric that that focusing on that as a metric and understanding which of your work items are getting older is is pretty much focused on reducing that variability because the older things get the older they're going to get and and therefore the, the wider that variability is going to become
0: yeah um, I mean if I, I I guess the word I would use it's it's controlling variability when you can control it so that you know when you've got variability that's uncontrolled I mean that's yeah I know okay. that, that you're yeah. right that is semantic and that's that's semantic and pedantic right you know but that's you know I, I don't know if we need to get to that level of nitpicking for understanding I don't know I you know I don't know
1: um particular. No, yeah, I, I, I don't think so. I think it's, I think it's still, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's removing the noise in the system to some extent. Yeah,
2: It's separating the external causes from inter from internal causes too. Yeah. Yep, to
0: yeah. yeah, But that's what I'm saying. Predictability for me is: are we controlling? To your point, because there will always be variability. There will always, yeah. always, always be variability in the process. We, we, you know, we totally agree on that. Um, But have we controlled, when we look at that variability, have we controlled the variability that we can so that we can see the signal when that, of uncontrolled variability when it's there? Um, So, and that's, yeah, I I think you're right. I think we do need a a different word than predictability um, because I think most people do think about predictability the way that you do. They think about predictability in in terms of determinism, right, deterministic thinking. I know with 100% certainty that this is going to happen.
1: Um, Yeah. I, I guess I mean I guess the word we could is, I guess it's more confidence than predictability, isn't it? I oh,
0: like so, confidence. So,
1: yeah, if you've got if you've got kind of no predictability, then you you have no confidence in the plans, and what yeah. you want is yes. to be able to plan with increased confidence.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, Can't, yeah. Is, is the data that we have is that a reliable predictor of of the future that we're trying to forecast? Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. pretty much all we can say. Particularly, I know that, I'm, that, I'm cutting you out.
2: No, no, that's that, that's why I was taking this back to the whole stable system thing of. That's, that's the table stakes I and mean, if you don't have that, you cannot rely on your data. And the second thing I wanted to add was it's, it's also, we have been talking about cycle time and lead time as, as whether that is becoming more predictable or, or having less variability. We should really be having that same conversation with throughput. You you want your throughput to be relatively and this is extra talkative today if you yeah. have. She's agreeing uh, with me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You want your throughput to be in that range too. You want your throughput to have lower variability as well, because you don't want like I get yes. things done one day, and then for for the next fifteen days I get zero things done.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that I mean I guess that's that's flow, isn't it? Yeah, if you're kind yeah. of getting small number of things done frequently, that's that gives you a more predictable system, or you have more confidence <laughs> in that. Yep. Um, then, then if you you know you're doing nothing, and then suddenly you kind of chuck out a batch yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: um so going back to the idea of, of the the difference between uh, you know let's talk it like the, the 50th and 80th percent just to put some random thing out what what would what would you call that as a measure or, or are you, is, there something, or talk, or is this something you're talking about
0: the, the the variance in the data you know yeah
1: yeah so so one way i i talk about it um i guess just to try and help people understand what I'm trying to get at is look at your 50th percentile line, look at your, let's say, 90th percentile line. If that's a huge gap, to me, that means you're you're less predictable. You can have lower confidence in in your plans. But if your 50th percentile line and your 90th percentile line are quite close together, then there's less variability in that, uh, basically in in the range of cycle times that you've got, assuming we're looking at the percentiles on the cycle time scatter chart.
0: Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I don't know if I necessarily disagree with that. I, I just, I come at it from a, a slightly different perspective because um, I, I think about, I think about action, right? I think about, I mean, because to me, the whole point of data is, is for action, you know, and so, yeah. you know, whether, whether that, that gap is big or small to me is a less interesting question than. Is there a signal in the data that we need to be taking action but, on? And that
1: is, is, that is the signal, isn't it? So so if I look at it and, the, and, and, that, and there's, sure... there's a big gap in there, then the action we can take is, let's look at those things that are taking a long time and see, is there anything we can do with those things? That What can we learn from that? Or is it is that just the nature of the work? I mean, maybe there's nothing we can do about it
0: this this, so this, this is brilliant, can, can, uh, Patek, were you're going to say something because I was going to say something to that, but if you want to say you jump in, you're good.
2: Right. I, uh, I was going to say was I, I would, regardless of the, the distance between the 50th and the 90th or whatever that is, I would always prompt action on those kind of outliers and I guess this is where you're going with it, Carl, is, is over time, they should get closer to each other because you're prompting action on the outliers. I don't, the, the part is, the part that I'm kind of struggling with is I don't know if I'm going to wait. I'm going to look at that distance to prompt those actions.
0: Yeah, the way, the, the way that I would understand Stuart would, would talk about this is mm-hmm. there are two types of, there are two types of action. And so therefore, there are two types of mistakes. Um, Deming talked more about the two types of dis- mistakes. There's the, you know, a- attributing a cause to, to exceptional variation when it's
1: mm-hmm.
0: when it's uh, routine, and then the opposite of that, attributing something to routine variation when when it's ex- um, exceptional. And that's what I would say is, you know, if we look at those distances between, say, the 50th and the 85th percentile, the one thing, the first thing I want to know is, number one, is is there is there signal in there? you know is is, is is there signal because that's going to inform the action. If there's signal, then we need to look for an assignable cause. there's short would say there's a predominant effect that is um, acting on the system right now and we need to find that predominant uh, or that dominant effect and get rid of it before we do anything else. that's what we need to do. Um, so as to minimize those mistakes that, that that I was just talking about, if there is no dominant effect, then our only option if if it is a goal, and, and that's what I'm saying, I don't know the shore would ever say it's a goal to get those percentiles closer together. To me, that's kind of a customer type of thing. But if that's that's our process aim, then the only way to achieve that is to fundamentally change the process, if if that's what we want. You know, but yeah, well
1: yeah, well, yeah. And and if we're so I'm looking at this from an, an agile transformation perspective, that's basically what we're doing is we're changing the process. But I want I want to have that process changes driven by the data mm-hmm. and, and have some data that shows that those process changes are having a positive impact rather than just kind of dive in with best practice. Right. So yeah. so so we can look at that and we kind of go, hey, look, this is interesting. You've got some features that are taking 100 days and some features that are taking 10 days. Um, is that something so so one? Yeah. Are there any kind of special causes in there? Um, anything, you know, and. <laughs> Usually, the first thing is like, "Oh, yeah, those 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 are just old Jira items that have never been updated." Right. Like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. well, let's get rid of those for start off with. Exactly. Yeah. So, so, so now, again, that 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 improves the predictability of the system just by cleaning the data out. I, I would argue, but but then you've kind of got someone's like, "Hey, we've just got some really big features in there. We're not very good at right-sizing our features, so let's change the process so that we right-size our features. Now we've got smaller." More focused features that are going through the system, and and to some extent, yeah, that's now it's not a stable system because we've changed the system, but we've we've I don't think we're going to completely destabilize the system, but it, it's unstable in a positive way rather than right. in a negative way.
0: I, I and I, like I said, I, I think we're in violent agreement here. I, I really do. I, the only thing I'm saying is, just right before that step that you just said, the one thing I would do from you know from an economic perspective, you know, short would say from an economic perspective, you're you're best off looking at the data to see if there are those assignable causes and get rid of those first, you know? Oh, yeah. Regardless of any other, indip- you know, improvement things that you might be going after, get rid of those things first. Once you get rid of those things, then it's, it's basically up to you to, to, to improve your process right. however, however you see fit. And then, like you said, check the data and, and, and see if it, mm-hmm. if, if it did.
1: So, yeah. yeah. And, and I guess what I'm looking for is a, a nice, simple number I can put against that. <laughs> In the same way that cycle time is a number and throughput is a number. What, what's the matter? What's well, I, I suspect we're not going to come up with one, but that's that's kind of one of the that's, I guess that's what was prompting that tweet that kind of kicked off this conversation is can we put a number against that that we can report on to show that we're making a positive difference with our agile transformation work?
0: Can, um, do you want to talk about ELO ratings, Prateek? <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to talk well, about well, something we, else?
2: <laughs> we've tried. We, so, obviously, Dan and I have tried multiple things with it but I'm, I'm actually going to go back to the to probably something even simpler which is how long does the customer expect things to take and what's the difference between that and how long does their process tell us things will take um that that probably is 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 a better driver of mm-hmm. um of, of what 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 we're looking for rather you than mean like
1: a service level expectation
2: as
0: as do, do, do you
1: date performance, maybe? <laughs> 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 yeah,
0: you, so. you're just going to start a show. You're going to say flow efficiency <laughs> yeah. here in a second, aren't you, Carl? I'm no,
1: no, no, no. I might talk about flow load. But...
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's just rude. This is rude. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but No, th- th- no, no. There is I'm th- with th- you on flow load. I'm with you on flow efficiency. Although I might be a little bit more easy on flow efficiency, but not as a, not as a, an empirical measure. But yeah.
2: But there's, there's I, I don't, I guess because what we are really talking about is comparing expectations of the customer to the performance of the process. So isn't that comparison what's more important? What's the difference between those two kind of more important?
1: Yeah, and I guess that's what I'm, that's yeah. That's what I'm. it's almost like that's my definition of predictability.
0: Yeah. No. Absolutely. Are are those two voices in? Are are they? Are yes. They in conjunction. Yeah. Um, and and that and this is. Doctor Wheeler said this. Doctor Donald Wheeler said this. I don't know if would ever said it, but Doctor Wheeler, who talked about, you know, getting the voice of the customer and the voice of the process, um, in in concert, you know, the voice of the process, that's fairly objective, you know, that's that's changing the process or whatever and collecting the data, as you're saying, Carl and, and Justin. But getting the customer to change their expectations to be more in line with the voice of the process, that's political, right, at that point. Right. But I, don't, I don't know that there's any like hard and fast data that says, oh, we did a good job at changing our customer's expectation. You know what I mean? That's-
1: yeah, and, and that's, and again, if, if I'm being brought in to to help with the agile mm-hmm. transformation, um, somehow, just kind of going. Oh, all I'm going to do is reset your expectation. <laughs> Feels like I'm cheating a little bit. There's all, there is a, yeah. There's an element of that. I agree, <laughs> but I think we need to be you know maybe
2: meeting in the middle somewhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's that that's where that's why I keep falling back on the stable process thing. Of you cannot set the set an expectation for the customer, or you cannot cheat in that way if you don't have a stable process because you could set the expectation at 100 days but guess what half a year later it's gone up to 200 days yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: but yeah. but i think the conversation is partly around like step one is well let's look understand what the but the capability of the current system is
0: mm-hmm. so
1: hey you you this, this is what you want but i can show you the data says this is what you're going to get right. right okay now you're not happy with that okay so how can we move in a direction that's going to make you happier you know we may never you know perfectly satisfy you because right. you know everybody wants everything you know yesterday yeah but but we can probably move your in, in a direction of your expectation and that yep. i think you know that's what most organizations are looking for
0: absolutely um so, how we yeah how we put a number on that because i think i think that's what you're asking for earlier carl can we put a number yeah on that or what is that number
1: I or, or a, I mean, you're not going to put that, you know, but yeah, just some kind of proxy that, that you can, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting a no. All right.
0: I know um, I'm still so getting, a a, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I, I know,
2: the thing I for me is the thing for me is I don't think you can, I don't think you can come up, come up with a number just from the process. It, if we're talking about the expectation of the customer and the performance of the process and you have these two things. You cannot just say that, hey, our predictability number is based only on the process. It's, it's, it's something. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And, and all of these, yeah, I think all of these things are a conversation anyway. And
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. it's all I kind of I kind of like, I might be in one of the other products You might have made a different issue between reporting and analytics. And I think mm-hmm. that's a that's an important distinction to make that there's, there's reporting about, and, and I'm probably looking for a reporting number versus the analytics that we can do to help us
0: figure out what we should exactly. be improving. Exactly. Yeah. There's a, I'll have to find the reference, but there's a, 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 great quote, something along the lines of, it's so great that I don't even know exactly what it is, but it's something along the lines of, um, Looking, looking at reports is like trying to drive, looking at your rearview mirror. Yes. Right? Yeah. 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 Um, whoever, whoever said that, I don't know who said that, um, or whatever. Whereas analytics, I think what you're talking about, Carl, it's supposed to be more proactive, more, you know, talking about, looking at your dashboard. Yeah. How, how, how are we going to improve? How are we going to improve this thing? What, how are we defining what improvement is? So, yep. wow, that's heavy. That's some heavy. It's a good thing we're drinking. Cause that's heavy, yeah. heavy, heavy stuff. I don't know if yeah. our answers have gotten better as we've been drinking more or not. I don't know. Um, um, then anyway the, I mean the one thing I wanted to because the the, uh, the question I have and I don't know if either of you can answer it, is um, w- when I was talking about you know th- throughput being you know if we it's too narrowly defined saying it's a measure of productivity um, mm-hmm. because and we talk about this a lot on the Kanban side for those who hopefully those who are familiar with Kanban, we talk about this it's about finding finding that right balance of um, of effectiveness efficiency and predictability however however we're defining those things you know and so yes we can you know we can optimize for or we can maximize for throughput you know but have we hurt ourselves on some of these other things you know have we hurt ourselves on you know effectiveness have we hurt ourselves on on some of these so I guess that's what that's where I was going at in terms of
1: Oh yeah. So, and that's why I've, you know, I'm picking up on three, which, you know, throughput uh, or, you know, productivity, responsiveness, and and predictability. Yeah. Um, but you've still got, you know, well, and actually are we delivering value um, and actually, uh, you know, are, are our people happy? Are we, mm-hmm. are we, you know, doing it in a way that treats our people humanely um, and, and maybe this, you could put it under value, but maybe there's something around kind of customer satisfaction or something in there. Well, you've got quality in there as well, I guess. But yeah, there's the whole, you know, I'll, I'll say it quietly. You know, balanced scorecard um, that you could build around this. Right. But yeah, you, these things, there's, there's trade-offs between them. Yeah, you you yeah. go too far in
0: one direction, and you, yeah. you get a negative thing somewhere else. But yeah, I mean, by and large, I don't really have a, a bunch of heartburn in, in terms of what you were saying. I don't particularly what you're going to say. No, I
2: was going to say that that uh, even when we say productivity, like. I think, Carl, you was you were trying to define it earlier. What productivity really
1: means? Well, yeah, I mean, I, well, if I like go back to the old, you know, manufacturing factory metaphor,
2: mm-hmm. a,
1: a car factory's productivity is defined in how many cars they produce. Um, so, what's our equivalent of a car? It's a, a feature, probably, or mm-hmm. maybe a release. But delivering more features, delivering more product, delivering more work. To me that's that's yeah it's a very simple one but i think it's one that most people can will kind of understand <laughs> that <laughs> if we're delivering more work and sometimes i'll kind of go for the same cost but actually i don't i don't even think for the same cost is necessarily an assumption you know you could be more productive by in you know putting more Inve- teams on the work or, or yeah investing a billion some, dollars in, investing whatever. in something or other and yeah investing in your technology or something um but if you're delivering if you're if you're the, the team the organization is delivering more value to me that's that's more we're more productive mm. yeah. now again we could be delivering more stuff but it's it's just taking forever you know it, it takes us a year between start and finish so that's when actually and we want to be responsive and that's where you start getting into the trade-offs
2: mm. yeah this, and, the, and this is where this is where i think this becomes an, a topic for another episode is um the, the the for example the car metaphor kind of for me starts to break down because the customer problem you're solving by delivering a car is that someone can then travel without having issues. Um, the and that's the same customer problem over and over again. With the value that most, let's say, software teams are delivering, a feature, even if it's exact exact same car, is is solving different problems for different number of customers at different times and that's where the, when we start measuring productivity by number of features and potentially by highest priority things done, again, that's a much different, different, a different, whole different conversation. Yeah.
1: yeah, And that's why you need to be thinking about value and customer satisfaction as well separately. But, but for me, it's, and, and, you know, quite often that's the first reaction is, well, yeah, but being productive doesn't mean you're delivering value It's Like, yeah, I agree. But, we, you know, let's not kind of become too so value fetishist. That everything has to relate to value in some ways. Like we can tease these things apart and recognize that they're separate things. So, yes, p- productivity is for me is delivering more features, more work. Yes, that work needs to be high quality. It needs to be value. It needs to meet a customer need, all, all that stuff. It, we don't want feature factories that are just churning out features that nobody's using.
0: For, for, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But I mean, and this gets back to the DICK stuff, but he right? I mean, right. exactly. our, our best chance at, at delivering value anyway is going to be deliver as much stuff as we can, yeah. you know, in, in the shortest period of time. Yeah. But whether I, we understand I, just, I just I just I just
2: heard not. I just heard Carl say it's outputs over outcomes is what I heard.
0: <laughs> and he's right. And he's yeah. absolutely right. If he said that, that's he's 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 absolutely right. Um, Must be the whiskey talking. <laughs> uh, this, I mean, there's been a lot. We've we shoved a lot in this episode. Um, but we we reserve the right to bring you back, Carl. We need we need to have you back and and, and finish. All right.
1: Well, you just figure out the answer to my question and then I'll come back and you can tell me what the answer is.
0: Um, yeah, you is me. Is, is there a number for predictability? Uh I don't I don't know. Yeah, or maybe um, I'll
1: figure it out on my own and I'll come back and tell you.
0: Yep. Yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, because because the other, the other thing, I don't know if you've ever asked your executives because this, this would be the question back to you. You don't have to answer it right here. Um, but my experience with the executives is um, they don't necessarily want more stuff faster. Um, to your point, Carl, I think they just want confidence in a plan. That's, that's, that's when, when they think about predictability, that's, that's really how they think about it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so if,
0: if you say, hey, I'll, I'll give you less stuff, but we'll have more confidence in it, they'd probably take that over having more stuff um, but less confidence, right? I mean, they'd they'd probably right. I mean is, is to, to a experience?
1: degree, yeah. I mean, if I kind of went, Oh yeah, well I'll guarantee that we'll deliver you one feature this year.
0: Well, right. Yeah. <laughs> with, with,
1: really, so but then but then I mean again, then you're into that whole conversation, which is a valuable conversation to have about mm-hmm. different levels of confidence and right. um how how much confidence do you need
0: um and how much risk are you prepared to take? Right. And we haven't even talked about the risk dimension yet yeah. we gotta have we gotta have you back girl we gotta have you <laughs> back uh, for some of these things uh if you if you want carl back please let us know in the comments um below um we've, we've got so much un.
2: you can answer um, yes or no yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um,
0: how confident are you that you want me back <laughs> right we've got uh yeah we've got so much unch- uncharted territory that, that we need to cover with carl but um just want to say thanks thanks so much for for prompting these conversations and for for you know bringing a different dimension and, and different perspective. Yeah, no, to, thank you. I
1: was always always happy to disagree with you and uh, yeah, I know provoke you. Who isn't?
0: Who isn't? That's yeah. that's that's. that's a, I Good know on. that's that's what the whole community's job is, right? They just know Dan's triggers and they're like uh, yeah, exactly. It's gotta gotta throw them out there um so So what is the
2: lead time for triggering
0: yeah (laughs) i know you guys are dming back and forth (laughs) all right we should we should have been we should have been who's gonna (laughs) just stand off today yeah um (laughs) um, all right so for for the star of the show in in the background there she's quieting down just a little bit but it's like it's time for her to go (laughs) definitely um for, for Pratik Singh, special thank you to, to Carl for being here for this episode. Thanks so much. I, I hope you you will will take our invitation seriously and come back. And I will. Um, for all of you out there, thanks so much for watching and we will see you in the next episode. Thanks everyone.
1: Thanks everyone. Yeah.